You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. I think it's great. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I love it. I love you guys. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. This is Neil Fisher from Wellbrook Brewing Company, and you're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot someone. I can't remember. They're having a big release here soon, aren't they? Anniversary. Is it in Peoria? Another Wellworks? Wellworks can be great. Yeah, we're sitting here. Oh, love it. Soon here, right? Like, in the world. Like, uh, in the world. Time. Time. I gotta get my uh, all, my all black everything. There you go. All right, everybody, welcome back. Here we go. Evan here, Ryan. Hello. Out. Good afternoon. At Poor Brothers, Peoria Heights, Illinois. At Poor Brothers, yep. We always appreciate their hospitality here uh, and allowing us to. A lot of people are outside. It's a nice night. It's perfect uh, I was time say, of year. It's, it's really quiet in here, but it's crowded outside. So, beautiful day. That's how it should be. Yep. So why aren't we recording outside is really the question. That is a very good question. We could do that sometime. I mean, the extension, extension cord will, will go outside. <laughs> it's about so a mile and a half, so we're good. I think we're fine. We should do that sometime. Yep. Um, Done. Today, what we're going to do is we've got a little taste testing. We started with the Modern Times Beer Modem Tones. That was the Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels with vanilla. Fabulous, lovely, wonderful. How was your trip out to Modern Times, Ryan? I didn't get there. You didn't get there. All right. I was so. in San Diego for three days, and I didn't get to a single brewery or bourbon bar or winery or anything. You had plenty of White Claws, though. I did not have any White Claws, but I was around plenty of White Claws. <laughs> There's no laws when you're drinking the claws. <laughs> well, okay. I had a few IPAs on draft that the server didn't know what IPA it was, and... Oh, boy. <laughs> so Okay, so truth be told. I was told, in San Diego for three days, and it was the opposite of a beercation. But that's okay. It was a great time. La Jolla. Sculpin. On the beach. Sculpin's fine. I'm, I'm good with that. Just so you, have, you said you have another beercation coming up. What's that all about? So I will be uh, in St. Louis next weekend for friend of the show, fellow uh, guest of the show, Brett. Ah, uh, Brett. His bachelor party. So we will be starting here at this time next week. So again, a lot of white claws, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> Doubtful. <laughs> Although I think Brett's, uh, Brett's working on the, uh, the wedding bod, so maybe he is switching to white claws. I really oh. don't know. We'll find out. But uh, no, we'll start here okay. next Thursday, and um, I think uh-huh. uh, Poor Brothers is going to host the group that's coming down from Chicago. We're going to stay the night in Peoria and have some beers here, and uh, Friday morning we're going to get up drive to narrow gauge and they open at 11 so we're going to get a couple beers on draft and whatever they have to go and get the weekend started go have lunch at a little barbecue spot on the way to side project nice who opens at one 
and I think the plan is to camp out there for about five hours. There's literally no agenda on Friday besides go to side project and then maybe Perfect. something for dinner. When you started talking about this, I thought you had a very structured agenda. Uh, like we're, we're leaving, we're getting the there. Structure. We're getting there at eleven. The barbecue place opens at one, and yes. then it just kind of no. The barbecue place opens at eleven. Oh, side project opens at one. Gotcha. So yep. it's narrow gauge Ooh, for nice. like thirty to forty-five minutes. Barbecue place for a quick lunch. Side project at one. O'clock on the dot, sharp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's structured. Don't worry. Um, structured as much as a beercation should be structured. However, we've been, been watching side projects on site, uh, tappings and releases all week. You think week. something's coming? No. Derivation 11 has been on site for like six days straight, and I think they announced yesterday that that was their last one. So we're like, okay, they went through that. They had OG Tet, Cuvée. Nice. I think they're probably going to be out of that. So I'm like, all right. You know what they have in they'll the wax pull sipping, some, right? They'll pull something out. Maybe maybe it'll be Oud LaRouche next weekend. They'll pull no. something out. That, w- that was on site probably two weeks ago. But they did just uh, bottle and wax dip a uh, barrel-aged barley wine from Shared. I did see that. Ooh. A Shared. I... They're some of my favorite. That, what, Maltvin is... That's a, ma- that's a bur- maple bourbon barley wine? I think maple, maybe there's some maple in there. Uh, the Maltvin. Anyway, we'll bring that so, sometime on. That's good. So, uh, so Saturday, that's about it. I think there's or Friday, that's about it. I think there's a dinner somewhere, but it's a big uh, side project day and just kind of hanging out. Should be good weather and enjoying St. Louis. And then uh, Saturday, depending on if side project has some silent release or not, will depend on how many of us get up early and and go there. But we're going to go there uh, early again. Have a few beers to and the then to the brewery uh, this time, right? Because the cellar is to on the Friday. brewery on Saturday. Saturday. That's yeah. right. And then uh, we will be going to Four Hands. They have a little bit of food menu nice. and just hang out there for lunch. Play and some then, ball. And then maybe to Perennial, <laughs> depending on the time, depending on how much time we spend at Side Project. Then to a Cardinals game, Ballpark Village. You be in your Cardinals gear? I will not. Okay. I will probably wear a brewery <laughs> shirt. <laughs> Maybe yeah, a pints of provision shirt. Is everybody get how? What's the over under, Kyle, on uh, guys wearing brewery T-shirts at this uh, bachelor party? Brett will enjoy this. I'll know the number, but I'll I want the over under from from Kyle. So first. how many people are going? Yeah, how, how many, many people 20? are going? No, I think it's fifteen. Uh, no, I think it's thirteen. Thirteen people. I would go. I'm gonna set it at eight. I was gonna okay. say eight. Eight. Yeah. I think so. it's. I, my guess is seven. From the names that I've seen so far, but that's around, that's pretty close, yeah. yeah. Okay, so Sat Sunday is one of the exciting parts of the trip. We are going to White Rooster on our way home. Oh, very nice. So Chris, the owner or part or Did one of the owners, um, I got in touch with the other owner. Yep, and uh, they're ready for us. So we're excited to have that on our Sunday agenda. They open at I think one, so we're going to go a little bit out of the way to uh, to come home, but uh, we're going to stop at White Rooster and then scratch. And if you want the portable recorder, I'm happy to give it to you. And you and can get a little. I think we would we would enjoy that. Dun, yeah, dun, we dun. can maybe use it at side project and a few Just places. Just pull Corey and aside and be like, "Yo, bro, let's do an interview. <laughs> we love you. We talk about you constantly. If you could just put a couple words in for us, that'd be awesome." Yeah, everyone so. wear your side project gear, and he'll he'll be sure to. Or yeah, I can give you a pints and provisions T-shirt to give him. I will do that. That I'll would take be that would be boss. Perfect. Just slap some stickers on that <clears throat> that nice bar top and. Yeah, he'll, that wouldn't go over well. He'll love that. <laughs> um, what about a uh, a detour south when you leave St. Louis to uh, that town? I have no idea. Scratch? Nope. No. <laughs> Home of Maine and Mill. Yeah. Uh, um, um, 
Oh shoot! Uh, uh, it's not. It's not Festin. Festus. Um, Festus. No, is that right? Yeah, Festus. Festus. Yeah. yeah. F e s t u s. Festus. Got it. We were M-O. close. It's yeah, only Festus. like what thirty minutes south of. Per- yeah, maybe perennial? even less. Because perennials on the south. I think side it's twenty to twenty-five minutes south of Side Project. But I've never been there. I've been in perennial. I don't know how many times. So if I just actually listened to the Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine podcast. They do have a podcast. Jamie Bergner, who's the senior editor, I talked to met him at the Brewers Retreat. Their most recent podcast is with the guys from Maine and Mill, and I listened to it. Really cool story. Those guys are hometown heroes, hometown boys. They uh, had no idea that their stouts were going to make as big of an imprint and as big of a wave as they did, and so they've been kind of constantly working it. And it, listening, they really got technical with their um, how they make their uh, barrel-aged stouts, like the... Uh, Carpathian. Um, Carpathian and the Jephoria. Jephoria beers and how they take basically like the first runoff of huge like malt uh, grain bill stouts. And then the second runoffs of those kind of tend to be more of their five, six, seven percent stouts. And so they, they, they take a bunch of recipes like that and then they combine all the first runoffs and those end up being like the Carpathian and all the big barrel-aged stouts. Right. You should listen to it. You can subscribe to it where you can subscribe to our podcast, which is anywhere like iTunes and Google Play, et cetera, et cetera. So what do you mean by runoff? So when you do a sparge or like you start pulling um, your liquid off of a mash after it's been mashing at a certain temperature for however long you want to, you know, there's going to be a, a handful of gallons of runoff. And the first sort of, you know, few gallons, depending on how big, like let's say it's a five-gallon batch, the first like two, three, four gallons are pretty concentrated in terms of sugar. Then what you do is a, a method called sparging, which is you take hot water and start running over the top. You keep a nice level um, uh, liquid sort of, uh, volume on top as to not dry the top of the grain bed out, but then it continues to wash all the residual sugar. So usually the ends of your runoff t- tend to be lower yields in terms of uh, uh, sugars. But for most beers, it averages out unless you want some exactly. monster stout. Like um, <clears throat> a couple other brewers do that. I think Damien is the kind of second runnings of Darkness from Surly. Okay. I think. Um, I bet it's not a unique technique at all, but it's just what's worked for them. Yeah, Cigar City does it with Hunapu uh, and Marshall Zhukov. I don't know what their kind of baby beer of that is, but... Gotcha. So, yeah, in, in if you want to so get a So, you think that's a new technique that's kind no, of no. on the rise, or is that just kind of a, kind of a one-off It's an efficiency standpoint. And, yeah. You got, okay. you know, for like a five-gallon batch, if you do, and you've got a 20-pound grain bill, that's a lot of waste if you don't use it. So... In order to, like you said, to concentrate it, you can run it off and make almost two separate beers completely. Both stouts, but just two separate beers. Okay. Or just well works it, boil it for a week and a half, and yeah, and then you're at and, that. And that's, always, that's always the right answer. <laughs> well, and then, too, you know, it allows you to, if you're going to do another batch, you, it allows you to blend in something that you get a little bit sweeter, a little bit more, um, uh, you know, astringent or something, you can kind of start combining some and, and, and allowing you to get to where you want to really be and, and get more consistency out of it. So, great. Check it out. Um, we still haven't got to beers of the week. So, um, I'll go first because I know I'm ready in my mind. Friday, I had a night all to myself. I could have gone out with you guys or friends, and I was just like, nope, I'm just staying in. Popped a 2017 FO. Ooh. It was lovely. Great. I watched uh, Avengers, End- Avengers Endgame. 
uh, I grilled a steak and I had a FO. Nice. That's a fundamental Perfect. observation by um, Bottle Logic, Bottle Logic in awesome. Anaheim, California. So That's that a was great mine. beer. I think I have one more of the 2017. Oh, those were good. Great. Yeah. Last time I had one, it was still drinking really, really nice. And yep. I'm sure that was as well. So I'm going to keep the theme here with vanilla because... Vanilla. So we had a little bit of wine on Friday. I cooked, uh, I cooked a steak, too. I did a porterhouse with uh, some sweet potatoes, and so we just had some wine. Um, a couple pilsners at the pool on, sun- on Saturday. Yes. Pool pilsners. But, Hashtag uh, pool pilsners. Since we're in that week span here, um, I'm just going to go with what we're drinking right now. This Modem Tones uh, by Modern Times it's beer. Um, it's great. They're killing it with their barrel aging program. I think uh, they're probably still a little under the radar, although this new White Wax series, I don't even know what it's what the name of it is, but they did a coconut and a vanilla and a coffee. The Ultra Set. Ultra Set. Is that what? That's the name of it? Yeah. And oh, the, uh, okay. the other cool thing about those, just as a sideway, they did all like printed labels, like paper printed labels. Yeah. So the artwork on the labels really is cool. supposed to be awesome. So they're just killing it. So um, you already mentioned this, but yeah, bourbon barrel aged out with vanilla, 14.4%. And it's uh, it's really great. Uh, I'm Every time I have one of their beers, uh, I always tell myself when I go to San Diego, I'm going to spend some time there. And I was just there and Whoops. I didn't spend you time didn't. there. And so you didn't. I guess that's how it goes. Too many claws. What about couldn't you, Kyle? Go to, couldn't go to modern times. I know. And they have such good coffee, too. I wanted to get coffee. I'm sure you did. And beer from the same place on site, and I couldn't do it, but that's okay. Fire away, Kyle. So we had a little share at Mr. Hartzler's house. Had uh, a few to choose from, but I think if I had to pick one out of that, maybe two kind of the side-by-side would be the uh, the 2019 is the newest Barrel Age of Braxis. Yep, that's right. With the OG 2013 Barrel Age of Braxis, which that would be my beer of the week. So those were the two highlights, 2013. 2013 Barrel Age of Braxis. So 2013 Barrel Age of Braxis, as far as we know, was brewed by Corey King. That's what I think. And they've kept that recipe uh, as he's moved on to Side Project, and I think that was the only version that he... Is he at Side Project? I think that was the only one that he brewed, right? he ended up moving on over to that brewery. Wait, is that a Side Project? (laughs) Sorry. I think starting starting to start. I think a perennial here. was a side project of some business he had, and then side project became another side project, and then the rest is history. But and then shared became the side project <laughs> of side project, right. which was a side project of perennial. So, We're 2013 barrel aged Braxis, <laughs> six years old. Was it waxed? Barely. It it was enough wax to cover the cap and okay. then the, the the bump at the bottom of a okay. 750. Kind of like the new Glarus wax. It's like sticky, but it's like one layer. Yes. Because that yeah. was before people figured out if they added, like, an extra inch of wax, it would double the price of what they could sell Absolutely. it for. Absolutely. Because of the sexiness. Oh, yeah. It's like, what, $10 per inch? You just keep yeah. going. Yeah. So tell me how that six-year-old beer was better than the fresh one. I just I just want to know. I think everything melded together much better over No time. oxidation. I'm, was no. everyone in agreement? 13 over 19? I think so. Um, 13's a big deal, obviously. Everyone still talks about it, so that's why I'm asking. I love forgetting about stouts and letting them combine over years. I I, I do it constantly, partially because I just have separation anxiety and I don't want to drink them, but also because I think they're just delicious after they sit in the bottle for a while. Um, And I really think everything came together just beautifully. There's still plenty of cinnamon. Plenty of cinnamon. Awesome. Uh, Sounds great. And I, I know I'm, I might be in the minority. I know you disagree with me here, but there was also another big-name 
cinnamon barrel-aged stout there that I think Abraxas is better, and I think you think the other way. Well, I haven't had 2013. Um, we had the 2019 side by side chemtrail mix and barrel aged Abraxas. Oh yeah, you're and we about talked about this. I think I was the only one there that liked the chemtrail mix better. Yep, because most people would say the Abraxas was more balanced and chemtrail mix was too cinnamon forward. But I was okay with it. I like cinnamon. Yeah. Um, so I did. I did like the chemtrail mix better, but. Based on the description, I think I would prefer the 2013 barrel-aged Abraxas over Chemtrail Mix. But a well-balanced peppers, cinnamon, barrel-aged uh, is, is pretty tough to beat. A cinnamon can... Cinnamon, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a flavor enhancer. That's you know, kind of its, it's role really in strong. food and cooking. Is It just enhances everything else around it. Um, so, and both of them are great beers, but right. that's probably a very special one to have. It was, yeah, it was great. And we had a, uh, a Botologic one there as well. Their the newer, cinnamon one? Yeah, their newer cinnamon one. I can't think of the name. Um, but in true Botologic fashion, they were very adjunct forward on that. And the Leche? Yes. Leche Baracho. Was it Leche Baracho? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. The new one. So the that's actually, one. that's that has two. peppers too then. Correct. So it's yep. like the same recipe, yep. not re- recipe, but same um, adjuncts, adjuncts and stuff. And I don't know if it was higher on the cinnamon breakfast. or if it was higher on the peppers, but it almost had kind of a, a cinnamon red hot taste to it. Yep. Kind of okay. people like that. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was great. Um, definitely spicier than, than the other two, whether that's a product of the cinnamon or the, or the peppers. I haven't had um, the new one, but previous ones were terrific of but that beer. I, I would say it was equally distinct um, from the Abraxas and the Chemtrail and, and equally delicious. Well, you know, you get a good brewer, a good brewery, knows what he's doing, knows how to make a beer that's going to last on the shelf, and that's what you get. You get a 13 beer that lasts six years and still, I mean, honestly, that's what Bourbon County can do. Absolutely. Let's yeah. be honest. They, they know how to make a, other than 2015, a shelf-stable long-lasting, perpetuating, I mean, for the most part, they have some fails, but, you know, especially back in those days, you drink a 14 or a 13 Bourbon County brand stout, it's still going to be phenomenal. They make the immortal coffee stout. The coffee never fades. I don't know what they do. Yeah. A 13 coffee stout is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. The 2012 is, too. They're, yeah. they're immortal. I don't get it. <laughs> All right, so one of the fun things we wanted to do today, because... Last time, oh yeah, talk about that beer. It's amazing. True. I haven't tried it yet. I was waiting if, if we we're going to talk about it's it. Good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's very good. It looks like straight so orange we juice. Had, um, more so we had. This is a fun days. story. We go we're in these shoot. We're in these beer groups. Oh, deep into the internet bowels. The <laughs> internet beer groups, and um, we have a listener. His name's Adam. And, Thanks, Adam. Uh, he sent me a text on Monday, I think, or maybe Sunday, and said, I'm shipping you uh, some Troon. Boom. I said, okay. He Boom. said, I got your address from someone else. Are you still at Blank Street? I said, yeah. He said, okay. You'll have this Wednesday. I was like, all right, Jeez. we'll drink it Thursday. That's awesome. Um, Troon Brewing, they, uh, I would say, are they an up-and-comer? Are they pretty well-known now? What do you think? Uh, they're not well-known. I mean, if you are deep in the bowels of the internet, yes, you probably have them on your radar. But uh, as far as I know, my knowledge of them, because I follow them on Instagram, is that when they have a growler release, a can, I don't know if they even can release, it pretty much is sold out the minute they advertise it. They don't have a formal tap room. So when you go there, it's basically just to pick up your beer and you're out of there. 
you know, much Yeah, light. their hours are super limited. Um, I was just looking on their website. It's like a couple hours a day, Tuesday through Thursday. It's a little more extended on the weekends, but it's, uh, I think they might do occasional on-site on the weekends, but it's pretty much get a crawler and go. That's yep. it. Yep, that's what it is. I don't think they do bottles. I don't think they do nope. 12 or 16-ounce cans. They're in Hopewell, New Jersey, which is basically like north-central Pennsylvania, more so. It's almost like it's yeah. on a farm. It is. So I bet... It's a beautiful place to be at, and they probably have a view and stuff like that. But it's, you know, it's, it's not New big city. It's well, not, there it's, are parts you know, of New Jersey's that are pretty, but it's pretty. Yeah, <laughs> it could. When you say farm in New Jersey or beautiful New Jersey, look you might it on be a careful. map and be it's careful. it's very very far west, and it's out, kind of out in the middle of so nowhere. It nice. looks like a really cool place. Probably nice. Yeah. Well, this so is, Troon Brewing. Go ahead, you fire away. This one's called First and Foremost. I believe it came out last weekend. It's a hoppy ale brewed with lactose and re-fermented with peach. Ah, Canned on August 3rd, so maybe it was two weekends ago. Oh, it's, it's like... 9.4%, and boy, this has this does not taste like it has hardly any alcohol. It's because it's pretty sweet. The sweetness is really going to help dull down the hot and, and, and spiciness of the alcohol. Yeah, it's not there at all. It, yeah. This is delicious. It's It's delicious. So when I saw the lactose part of this, I would have said that this is a milkshake IPA. It doesn't taste like a milkshake no. IPA. The mouthfeel, it's, I mean, it tastes like a, it's, it feels like a hazy, but it's, it is really smooth. And Sorry, I, I have to go out on a tangent what do you on got? that one. So my brother is at a brewery out in Denver, ordering a beer, table behind him. The guy was drinking their milkshake IPA on the, that was on tap. And he goes, I just don't taste the milk in this. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I have so many questions. Like, you ordered this IPA hoping to taste milk in it, and you yeah. thought there was milk uh, in here? No. <laughs> doesn't it, work like that. It's completely full-bodied. It's got a nice uh, bitterness, but not, a, not, a, not like an IPA bitterness, but enough to kind of take that sweetness, kill your palate off of that, and then want you to have another sip. And there's not a lot of peach. Probably a perfect amount no. of peach where uh, I didn't know there was peach. I, I would know there was, was peach. I would not know. I would just know it was just uh, the hops. I feel hop like profile I get pulpy perfect. peach, like a bitter pulpy peach. I just figured it was triple dry hopped, which you can get from it, which yeah. you can totally get from hops. But this is um, very smooth, very uh, surprisingly and scarily easy drinking. Um, wonderful. I mean, if they pump this kind of stuff out on a regular basis, you just wonder what their, you know, potential is going to be. Yeah, that 32-ounce can could get away from you pretty quick. I, I would, <laughs> if I would not know the ABV, I would probably be easily doming that crawler on my own and then halfway regretting it maybe. You know, when you're halfway through it and you're starting to feel it, you're, you're like, like, ooh, uh, maybe I should have a glass of water now or I think this is going to be my only one of the night. Wonderful. I really love that. Yeah. it's. <laughs> I agree with everything you guys have said. It and is terrific. It's smooth. It's not bitter. It's not too sweet. It, it's these. That's what I have a problem with the milkshake IPAs. And the guys that do a good job with them, they're wonderful. But when Joe Schmo Brewery tries to come out with a milkshake IPA and they're cloyingly sweet, heavy, um, they're just bad. I, I don't like the taste of lactose. That's not no. the first thing I want to taste. No, no. Or the last thing, or really. Yeah, any some of them. It's of really it. strong, and it actually. That's there are some where you can't taste the milk. Yeah, it's like nope. Yeah, that's not it's terrible. That's not what's supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good job, Troon. 
Yeah, wow, great job. this is impressive. So let's kind of dig into a couple of these hops. Now, again, you guys are blind. I am not. But we have two different hops. Um, the idea is to smell these. Uh, when I was at the Brewer's Retreat, Neil talked about really getting into these hops, putting a little uh, small collection into your hands, squishing them together, really kind of releasing the oils to get a good idea of what you want it to do in your beer. What you also want to do, especially if you're a brewer wanting to get this, is like even put them in a hot, make a hot tea. Hot tea. That's the, the, the tried and true way of almost any of these sort of adjuncts and things to get an idea of what it's going to do in your beer. Um, and it was amazing how you can really pick up specific smells and stuff when you crush it in the middle of your hand like you're doing Kyle right now and what kind of uh, smells and, and, and sensory stuff you can get out of it. Can I ask, are, are these ones that we would be familiar with, or are they... Yeah, these, okay. are a couple, yeah, these are probably pretty well-known hops okay. that are used in juicy IPAs. I'm just going to tell you, it's not a citrus gal- Citra Galaxy I don't or get, Mosaic. We've done the Citra hop before. And the Motuka? Nope. We so did a Citra hop before, and I think everyone was like, oh yeah, this is Citra. Well, so what you should do is, when you crush it, just smell it. And, and don't try to guess which hop it is, just... just because really what doesn't matter is what hop it is. What really matters is what you get out of it. You know, if you're someone who's like, gosh, I get a lot of melon or strawberry or cherry out of this, then that's what you're going to get in your beer. The and first one, I would get a lot more tropicalness out of it. It's uh, Yeah, the second one's definitely more woodsy. If Yeah, earthy, woodsy. If I could get, if I were, if I were to choose one yeah, to put in a beer. the first one's totally tropical. If I were to choose one to put in a beer, I, I would go one. But, Depends but, what beer. Well, that's true, but... Don't put one in your stout. If you just had to pick one right now, you get to pick one hop, put it in a beer. All right, so that's the first one. I just kind of got through that one. This is like, um, you know, QC, quality control. This is like on Top Chef when they do the palate test, and they're just like tasting uh, herbs or smelling and tasting herbs. I get like totally quiet. I get a lot more uh, berry cherry on the second one. Really? Yeah, I like a cherry. So the first one is Amarillo. Hold on. Oh, Amarillo. Sorry. Sorry, I just told you the first one. You don't know the second one. I wasn't going to guess that. Amarillo. Amarillo. My guess for the second one is Columbus. Wrong. No. It's used. It may not be super, super um, widely used, but it definitely is is, is used. I was, I was going to assume that you were going to pull out the Sabro. I could pick that uh, out from a mile away. But I don't think you, that's, that's this. You can't. It's hard to get to. It is super unique. You want to know? Is it Mosaic? Nope. I told you, it's not Mosaic, Galaxy, know, or Citra. I, I still thought... <laughs> I got That might be a trick question. El uh, Dorado. Ah. El Dorado. Anyway. I will say awesome. the only hop I can distinguish with 100% certainty <laughs> is uh, Equinot. I can't stand oh, it. Oh, yeah? The very first beer I brewed... Yeah, you can recognize it because of how much you dislike it. The very first beer I brewed, it was uh, Smash with... 
all Equinot, and I hated it. And I thought I did something wrong. Because what did I, it What did it do for you in the beer? It was just very grassy and almost earthy, grassy kind of herbal. Yeah, like too much. And it brought. I just I thought I did something wrong. And then I went to microphone, and they had a smash with all Equinot, and it tasted very similar. Obviously, they did it a bit better than I did. I mean, my first brew, but I was like, oh, I just don't like this hop. Or, and yeah, or or it was like less dry hopping, more dry hopping, malt bill, you know, kind of things like that. But that's the way, you know, when you want to do a little sensory experiment, with, especially with hops, crush it in between your palms, get a really good fine powder, give it a smell, uh, make a hot tea in it. That way you kind of know what it's going to do in water or in liquid. The other two things we have are some grains. I brought some crystal, medium, medium just meaning it's going to contribute. That's the kind of color, medium, dark, light. Um, and then I brought some crisp chocolate malt. And it's easy to do grain. You just put a little bit in your mouth like you're eating like crackers, you know. And, snack and on it. Yeah, you That's snack on doing. it. You just snack on it. So you, you I know definitely Kyle. Taste the sugar in the the crystal. The crystals, yeah, and and when you get the the crisp chocolate, you really get a lot of bitter chocolate, uh, dark chocolate. But you know, I want to see Ryan do this because Kyle, I know you've done this, I've done this. Uh, I want to see Ryan do a little bit of this. I mean, obviously, with a lot of chocolate, you get a little, you still get a little coffee, mm-hmm. like bitter coffee out of that. So obviously, a stout that's going to be one of your. Um, specialty malts you want to use in a stout it's going to contribute a lot to color it's also going to contribute of course to that it's almost got that astringent really dry quality yeah definitely not don't add a whole lot of that no no that's it's, it's not black patent by any means but right and that's you know like like Kyle already knows those are the kind of malts that you want to add a little bit to you don't need a lot even in stouts your base malt's going to be mostly two row or something really um, basic, and then you add the specialties to just kind of build upon that. I've even seen adding the specialties towards the end, or making a or like cold brewing your your specialty malts, if you will. Yeah, and and other things, so you're not pulling out all that astringency. Yeah, because like that, if you put too much of something like that, you're going to end up with a super sort of mouth drying astringent beer, uh, which you may want to try to balance out with something like dextrose or lactose may help you so yeah you just throw it in your mouth like you would popcorn or snacks like that and you can kind of get a quality of what those are like i don't think there's a whole lot behind the chocolate you know it sort of is what it is but i don't think most people would expect that much sugar to be in uh the in the crystal the crystal yeah it's it's fairly sweet like cereal it is sugary like a sugary cereal kind of reminds me of eating grape nuts I was even thinking like a golden graham. Yeah, like graham cracker. Mm-hmm. So that's another way as you're brewing. Is it's like, good. It's, I mean, it's good. You want to <laughs> get a little graham crackery out of like an amber or something like that or a brown ale. You know, you may want to use that as that's, one that's of your... crystal? Crystal medium. You yeah, don't medium. have to add actual golden grams, new breweries out there. Yeah. You, you can add crystal malt. I mean, this is good. Like all the purists <laughs> out there will say that you can pretty much get most flavors you're looking for out of all your basic four ingredients and without having to add like marshmallows or vanilla you know there are things that you can do with your malts uh your your yeasts and your hops to to draw those flavors out and the chocolate chocolate just it's just chocolate bitter dry chocolate malt chocolate malt right right there 
Yeah. Really? Yeah. What are you getting? Um, I'm drawing a blank. I haven't brewed in in uh, <laughs> recent enough time to think about the different grains, but I would have thought it was um, more of which. What's uh, what do you put in the porter? Um, I'm drawing a blank. What do you what do you put in a porter? In in terms of malt grains, yeah, malt bill. Well, you're probably still going to use a handful of, you know, mostly two row or something like that. But I mean, that's some like your biscuit, but that's yeah. also going to be lighter. No, you're you're probably thinking of black patent or um, not dark Munich. That wouldn't be yeah, dark Munich, Munich maybe was what I was thinking of. Uh, I'd that's have to go back. To I, I I'm not. I don't know. I'm not remembering that kind of stuff off the top of my head. I know. I mean, I have I have a pound of Patagonia Black Pearl. Which apparently is a nice, really dark, rich malt to use. But you know, if you're using, if you're making an imperial stout, more than a pound of that is going to be unnecessary. A pound is going to go a very a long way. A pound is going to go a long way, especially brewing five gallons at a time. No, we're going to do ten gallons. Oh, ten. We're, we're we're up in the game to ten now. That way, we can bring a, a keg down here to Poor Brothers and keep a keg at my house or a keg at your house, whatever you want. I'm in. Um, yeah, I was thinking about dark dark Munich or. I don't know. That's all right. It's good. So that's how you do it. You just you just eat the, the malt. The crystal's great. Yeah. Medium crystal. Crush the crush the hops. The hops aren't going to taste good if you put them in your mouth. Nope. Um, the idea is to, to, to smell. And if you really want to get an idea of what contributes to taste, then do a tea, a hot tea, or any adjunct, like hibiscus or uh, elderflower or dandelion, all that kind of stuff. Just make a tea, and that's how you kind of know what's going to contribute to your brew. Um. It's fun, gentlemen. What's our last one? And we're going to kind of go off on that note. Triple Crossing. My boys there in Richmond. Triple Crossing Brewing. We've talked about them before with IPAs. Wonderful IPAs. Under the radar. Are they Richmond? Is it Richmond, Richmond, Virginia? Okay. I love me some Richmond. That's not, uh, is that RVA? RVA. The RVA brew scene. RVA. At the Veil, you've got the answer, Triple Crossing. The answer. The answer, yeah, that's right. It's on. His name is on, not the answer. The answer. Oh, uh, this one is called Less Than Alone. Thank you to Mark for uh, sending us this. It's a bourbon barrel aged stout with vanilla beans, twelve percent. We got a nice little Ow. sexy white waxed five hundred milliliter bottle. How so many times does Ryan talk about sexy wax? He loves him some wax. He loves him some wax. It's his birthday. As by the much way. as so I, as much should, as I believe, wax dip is Mike's okay. hand. Yeah. As much as I believe, especially that for his birthday. <laughs> Happy <laughs> birthday, Ryan! <laughs> I'd rather take a sip of this than back myself up. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some vanilla in there. As much as I would love to, just wow. rave the Ooh. wax. For its purpose, its original sole purpose, like the the small one that uh, was on the 2013 Barrel Age of Braxis for protecting against oxidation. But if you put the right kind of cap on, you I really agree. don't have to worry you about don't. that. You don't. You absolutely do not. And it adds so to the aesthetics. It is. It totally is. So I, I'm more joking when I talk about it um, than not. So, But at the same time, it's nice to look at. Yeah, no, it is. It's... It's fun to have that for two your new, bottle yeah, collection two, and all that, even though it, it's... 
we kind of joke about it, but it, it's fun. Two new hashtags added today. Hashtag pool pilsners. Hashtag sexy wax. <laughs> so with that, I had this uh, blind pig brewery pale lager on the wall. Um, oh, yeah, blind pig out here of at Four uh, Brothers in Peoria Heights, Illinois. Urbana. Blind pig out of Champaign, Illinois. Their pale lager kind of reminded me of uh, Live Oak Pills. And uh, no offense okay. to Blind Pig, because we're fanboys of Live Oak Pills here. Um, it was it's a nice hoppy lager. It's like a it's like a there needs to be more kind hop- of hashtag a, more hoppy lagers. A bitterness Agreed. on a pilsner. It really it went, really it nice. went very well with my pulled pork sandwich from upstairs. It's terrific. You had, that's what you had too. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice. And good it, job, Blind Pig. Yeah. Yeah. So that's local, local boys. Champagne I'm sure if you, area. Champagne. I on mean, campus. I don't think that they are very actually, far no, away I guess from kind of right off campus. They're very close to Poor Brothers Champagne. I mean, it might be right across the street. It might be right there's, across there's the street. There's like a. It's only like a two block strip where all these yeah. good places are in Champagne. And so, if yeah. you are in the Champagne area, listeners, uh, and you want to go for a good beer, go over to Poor Brothers Champagne and then head over to Blind Pig over there. Get a hoppy lager. All right, gents. I appreciate this. Triple crossing. Good work. Have fun, uh, Brett. The uh, bachelor party. Uh, cheers to you. All right. Uh, and happy birthday, Ryan. Thanks, All Poor right. Brothers. Thanks, guys. Cheers.